Welcome to episode 65 of Broad Street Hustle. I'm your host, Tommy Nanny, coming here on a Thursday night with the OG crew. I got Jason Sayada here. Hey, Tom. Jason, how are you? I got Jimmy the Chalk live from Saratoga tonight. Actually, he's in Jimmy D's house. Jimmy D is not there. I don't know if it's... Call the authority type situation, or, or yeah, this was authorized. But we got Jimmy the Chalk live from Saratoga. It's all it's authorized. I already I you know classed the place up a little bit. I put the Irish flag hanging outside already. So let the neighbors know you know <laughs> everything's good. But nah, I don't know if that's classing up. And we got Mike uh, Christopher Michael Meeker. Yep, we gotta get this gotta get this podcast going because I gotta get back to my immaculate grids. My four immaculate grids I have to do for the day. Uh, Getting stuck on the hockey one. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that today yet. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Is that something? No. You know what immaculate grids? Is that a game? Mm-hmm. My producers tell me to keep the show going so we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll fill you in afterwards. It's not. Is that some sort of game? Yeah, it's like a some it's like a game. word it's like a word game for sports uh, sports. Well, like it's, sport, it's like sports Sudoku. Now nah, I'm an adult. Yes. I didn't. I didn't yeah. get that one. Um, <laughs> all right, let's 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 jump right into it. Uh, so earlier in the week, we were trying to figure out topics of what to discuss, and you know, obviously, we said let, let's talk about let's go, let's bring up the Phillies so we could all crush them. Basically, they were on in the midst of a five game losing streak, and then the ninth inning happened of that that night. They came back and won. Then they won yesterday. So now they're in a two game two game winning streak, and they actually have. Seventh have fourteen games um, that really could turn the season one way or another. Where what ten of them are against losing teams? Not even losing teams, like pretty bad teams. So it's a big part of the season. So we're going to talk about the Phillies, and I'll, I'll turn it over to Jason. You can give your overall opinion, or you could just answer the question: Why does Trey Turner suck? Well, listen. I mean, it's frustrating, and and nobody is more frustrated to me with his play but you know I'm in no means by no means I'm gonna I'm not defending his performance because it's it's been dreadful and on both sides of the ball offensively and defensively but he's clear he's clearly pressing now Um, and Thompson I don't know what he's waiting for to jump in like you know basically he said oh I asked him if he wanted to come out of the lineup well who which baseball player is going to say, yeah, I want to sit? Yeah, it's more play. of a red flag if he says he wants to of sit. Of course. Like, come on. So, and then he played, and he was had another bad game. And, you know, the idiots in the stands are bowing him. Like, I mean, the guy, it's not like the guy's not I trying. There. I mean, I come on. For that. that's, were, that's were you going? No. No, because it's, ca- it's it. counterintuitive. Like, it's, listen, nobody wanted to boo more to me from my couch. But... I mean, come on. Like, it's not like the guy's not trying, and it's making it worse. But anyway, so he finally sits him. Um, and I think he should actually – I think when they play again tomorrow night, I would I would drop him drop down him the, in line the lineup a little right? bit. I mean, Cassiano drop, looked good at the two spot. Yesterday. I would drop him to six um, and give him, you know, move Boom or Stott up or both of them up. Um and just drop him the six, take a little pressure off of him, you know. But what I will say is I also took the time to take a look at the other three free agent shortstops, the big ones that were out there. And it's pretty interesting uh, when you hear uh, their stats. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read them off to you real fast. So Trey Turner obviously is struggling. 245, 10 home runs, 297 on base, which is awful. And slugging of 384. So I'll move on to the next guy, Xander Bogarts. He's hitting 265, not not lighting the world on fire. 11 home runs, 349 on base percentage, which is it's a lot better. So I'll give him that. On base percentage is a lot better. Slugging 402, right where right where Turner is. Dansby Swanson 267, 12 home runs. Again, a little bit on the on-base percentage. He's got him at 351, slugging at 431, not lighting the world on fire. Carlos Correa, 228, 12 home runs, 304 on-base percentage, 401 slugging percentage. None of these guys are lighting the world on fire. So 
again, I'm not defending his performance, but I'm just saying it's not like, oh, they made a huge mistake and they should assign Dansby Swanson or Bogarts or something. It's like we know how good this guy is. And it's uh, Meeker, I think, mentioned this a couple back. Like for them to do what they need to do, this guy's got to start doing what we know he could do. And booing him is not going to help him. The guy's just got to get back on track. Yeah, and I don't think it's uncommon. Um, you know, obviously I don't have stats for it, but free agents in their first year typically under will underperform, Some, especially the yep. year prior when they're in a contract year. I mean, it's human nature that they're going to overachieve that year mm-hmm. to get the contract, and they're going to have some sort of lapse. It's not like he's training less. It's just mental. It's focus. It's a lot of stuff. So, I mean, we saw it with Cassianos last year. We saw it with Harper in his first year. That's been his worst year as a Philly. was his first year of free agency. So, to say he can't get it back, it's just kind of need him to, to pick it up a little bit this year to, to, to make a, a nice run yeah. at it. It's, um, it's His play is frustrating. There's no doubt about it. He's just got to be better. But, but again, again if, you're, if he's not batting two and he is batting six, some of the, yeah, there's less, those warts there's less are hidden. And onus any, on him, you know, coming up with guys on base and not getting the job done. Hey, you and, let him you hit know. back. You, you let him work his way back up to the lineup. But, you, mm-hmm. you know, you don't let him keep fouling at the two spot. Chalky? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think the point you made or the, the stat that you mentioned earlier about their upcoming schedule is, is going to be important because, you know, this is where they made headway last year was beating up on the bad teams. And that's where they're different. You know, their they're winning margin in the record that got them in the playoffs was really um, fortified against those teams. Now, after the All-Star break, they've played every, – every team they've played in the All-Star break is in playoff contention, at, you know, and they're seven and six. So one game up, but, you know – it, they're just up and down against the good teams. You know, they look real bad at times against Milwaukee and Cleveland, and they took three out of four from San Diego and could have took three out of three or, or lost three out of three, but they took two out of three from Baltimore. And so now they've taken five out of six games against the two best records in the AL as it stands right now with their series against the, the uh, Rays and now the Orioles. So, um, Look, even when they're not playing at their best, the team has enough talent that they can get through and win some of these games if they're hanging around. But they've been obviously inconsistent against the better teams. And while you're having your various guys struggle, you got to beat these bad teams that just shouldn't be competing, even if you have guys struggling. And then you got to hope to get guys on a roll or get hot at the right time when you get into the playoffs. I mean, I just I don't see any other way around it. I mean, if they're lucky, maybe they can get the first wild card spot and avoid that second round matchup against Atlanta, obviously it worked out last year, but you're playing with fire, trying to play a short series against that lineup. Um, I think, and you know, I, I forget how many games they have against Atlanta the rest of the year, but they got, you know, six pitchers waiting in the wings to come off the, the, the DL. So they'll be ready to go. Um, and you know, who knows what the Phillies will do at the trade deadline, which we'll talk about in a minute, but you know, there's improvements to be made, but how, how much can they really do? Yeah, what concerns me a little bit is what these bad teams are. You know, you beat bad teams, you jump on them early, you, you kind of give them no life, they have no hope, they shut it down a little bit, and the Phillies struggle to jump on teams early. A lot of their wins recently have come, like, later in innings, falling behind. They're, they're not hitting. They're, they're just because they don't hit, right. They're not hitting. They'll go the first through the lineup with one hit, yeah. second through the line, one hit, so – that's concerning when you're playing these bad teams and you give them life. You let a team like the Pirates get a two nothing lead. It's a different game than if you're not you're up to two nothing. So you know something to keep an eye out, Meeker. Yeah, I mean from a, a lineup perspective, I mean they're just filled with impatient hitters on the lineup. I mean they don't take walks, they don't take pitches. You know, and Turner probably is the biggest of them all, um, but. My concern is that it doesn't bleed into defense for him, and I've seen that lately. You know, over the last few weeks, he's not been a good defensive shortstop pretty much all year, but even more recently, I've seen him um, just fall asleep out there, um, and he's not getting the balls that it would normally get to. Up the middle, I mean, all around up the middle, I mean, Stott, he's he's pretty adequate second baseman, but um, Marsh... Real Muto is not having a great defensive year either uh, behind the plate. Um, that's big. You know, you have to be good up the middle defensively, and they haven't been a great up the middle uh, defensive good a good team this year. Now they have this 
Rojas has been playing pretty decent out there in center field. And if if they decide to keep Harper at first base and they don't make a deal for an outfielder, I think he's a better center fielder uh, if you want to play him every day than Marsh is. And if you move Marsh to left field, which they've done recently. But um, I you, think... You better you know, not think you're going to go and beat the Braves with Johan no, Rojas no. as your... Absolutely not. Starting Absolutely not. Field. But I mean, he, he does he does present a better defensive option. You know, me and you were texting the other night For about the, next the ball week. that Schwarber uh, that Schwarber couldn't get to. Yeah. You know that that's a play that if you have, you know, slightly a little more speed, you do get to, and that ends up saving a run, and you know the, the game could turn out differently. Oh, we uh, saw recently that defense can win games. I mean, last night the Cave made a play that mm-hmm. won a game. There was a, the night before another play. So most and certainly, defense could lose games. And we've seen specifically Schwarber. <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. he should never step foot on the field ever again. Like honestly, he should not. I mean, I'm I'm being dead serious. You cannot put him back on the field. You can't. Now nah, the ball finds He's him, a- and you can't. He loses games. He lost that game the other night. That that ball's got to be caught. I it's mean, almost crazy. it's almost crazy to say, but you know, Castellanos has been their best outfielder. Yeah, you know, in the field this year, and he's not great, rich. but he's he's made the plays and he's made some nice throws. And yeah, he's, he's also playing his play, okay but he, and he doesn't get right the balls field. as well, too. Yeah, he might not. He might not. But but of the three, he's been the best outfielder. On yeah, the well, that's got to that's got to change. I'm well, hoping that's my it point. My point is week. defensively. They're not a really good team, and I hope that that doesn't come back to hurt them, you know, in the latter stages of this year when they're trying to make a playoff spot. Um, but they have to be more patient at the plate. I agree they should move Turner down, um, but you're right. I mean, he, there's a lot of pressure on a guy that, you know, is making $300 million, and, I, and you can see it now. You can see that he's definitely pressing. He's trying to make something happen, and he's not yeah. making things happen. Um so hopefully he'll turn it around because Jason's right. They need him to be not maybe the player he was last year, but give me three quarters of the player he was last year, and that'd be a big improvement over where he was, where he's been so far this season. Got to turn it around. So you you said they're not patient at the plate. You don't like um, Edmundo Sosa's two percent walk rate. I mean, I like I've never I've never seen something that he has played in seventy games. He has a two percent walk rate. That's unbelievable. I mean, look, they could hit whatever. I mean, I don't think they're they're um, too bad with batting average. Uh, I haven't looked at the stats before this podcast, but I'm sure that they're not in the bottom tier of the National League. But it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're not getting some walks and getting on base, uh, doesn't matter if you're hitting 265 or 270 or whatever you're hitting. Because you're not getting on base other than putting the ball in play. You have to get on base in other ways, and they're just not doing it. Again, their pa- their lack of power is what's killing them. I mean, they have when's the last time? What's the last home run they hit with a man on base? I don't even remember. Yeah, it, it's every home run they hit is a solo home yeah. run. Now, last night it won the game for them, but they just they just lack power, and it's uh, I mean it's definitely costing them. Yeah, but let me ask you this. If you started writing down before the season uh, how many home runs each guy in the lineup would hit, other than what Harper has done, would you be way off with with how many home runs you think Castellanos or Schreiber well, or Real Muto is going to hit? Yeah, but Harper, you're missing well, like 25 home runs. That's, that's, your that's big, the biggest part of it. That's, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the biggest part of it. It's I mean, really, what's JT have? He don't have many, does he? Got like 12, 13, something like that. 13, yeah. And By the end of the year, I mean, these guys will probably have, you know, what you expected. Uh, yeah. it, but you're right. I mean, they're not hitting home runs. Yeah, but they're, what's their, ranking, not hitting what's any their home, home run ranking, like their, their slugging percentage in the NL? It's probably like top, bottom, bottom five, bottom seven. I'll look it up while yeah, we're talking. I'm but. trying to find that. But I mean, like right now, I mean, you know, and Jason compared the other free agents, like if you want to upgrade, you know, but Turner right now is giving you – you could argue less than what you got last year from Segura. So this is supposed to be an upgrade. It's supposed to be better. Maybe there wasn't a better option. Segura is playing worse this year than, than Turner yeah, he's is. He's hitting like 100, I think. You paid you pay a lot of money for, you know, he'll end up with more home runs because Segura, I think, only had like 11 home runs last year. But Segura hit 277. His OBP was over 300. Like, those that that's better production, and he had a better glove than uh, Turner's giving you right now. So... I mean, you, you're missing Hoskins' home runs, first of all. Yeah, that's another Su- Surprisingly enough, the Phillies are fifth in the National League in slugging percentage. 
surprisingly enough. How about home runs? But in home runs, they are 10th. And, yeah. got, and the teams behind them are the Rockies, the Pirates, the Nationals, the Marlins. Yeah, teams, teams that all stay. Terrible. And the teams yeah. that are the best teams hit home runs. I mean, that's yeah, that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, Real Muto has 12. What's Cassianos have? Like around 11 or 12, too, I think. 14. 14. Stubbs with zero this year. Huh. Stuff. <laughs> well, no, you, you hit it on the head, though, Tom. Hoskins has zero. All right. Yeah, and I mean, that's huge. His yeah. first base replacements have what, like two or three? I mean, right. So you took Hoskins and now Harper. That's 40 home runs right now, 35 we, home runs. I mean, that's big. We talk, well, look, we talked about it in the beginning of the year. And as much as, you know, we like, he's much maligned by this podcast, um, you were going to miss his bat. Well, I, I think, think we missed it. I think you found the replacement for him. I think Harper's already a better defensive. Oh, defensive. Oh, yes. no question. Already. About it. So yeah. I think you. I think you might have found something here. And when we start talking about the trade deadline, uh, I think we could get into. Oh uh, yeah. So let's. We'll talk about. Let's. Uh, let me hear a prediction. So you got. We laid it out. Seventeen. Uh, Fourteen games. Three against the Pirates. Four against Miami. Three KC. Four against Washington, Jason. What what are you looking for out of that? So that's seven. What's that? For, uh, seven and fourteen games. Oh yeah, you got to be ten and four. Ten and four against those against those teams. I think. Yeah, I agree. Right around yeah. ten and four. So ten and four. So that's that's what we need to look for. So now, I mean, that won't be by the next podcast, but that that's I mean that's that should move you up, right? I mean, especially the way the teams are. Yeah, wild card teams are playing now. It's well, you want to you want to win those game, Marlins games because that'll be well, that'll make a little bit of a that'll, difference. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. They're you don't want to lose any of them to the bad teams, but if you beat the Marlins head to head, you'll get the double win there. I think the Marlins are done. I mean, I K- you need to sweep KC. Like you can't lose a game again. Yeah, that ain't a two or three series. You have to take all three no. of those games. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, but Jason was saying about the Marlins. I, I mean, San Francisco looks like. They hit a real wall. They're dropping like a rock. So, uh, I mean, luckily in the Phillies' five-game losing streak, everybody. In that yeah. Line. So, I mean, they, so so they might be able to go nine and five against these teams and still make their way into the playoffs because these other teams are just losing. Yeah, but this is the chance to separate themselves a little bit. Well, no, the you got to are... take advantage. You want to take advantage of it absolutely because this is the part of the schedule where you need to get those wins. But everybody else is as as bad. And we're not watching all these other teams every other night, but. They're losing more games than the Phillies right now. So, of, of all the teams that are in that realm that we're talking about, the Phillies are the most talented of all those teams. They have to, like you said, they have to pull away from some of these teams. They have to pull away from the Giants. They have to pull away from the Marlins. They have to pull away from the Reds. You know, they're a better team than these teams. Now, if those teams were replaced by a Padres and a Mets. I was going to say, yeah, we thought we were supposed to be good. Lurking back there, right. Yeah. Then I would be a little more worried. I'm not as worried about not making the playoffs with the teams that are in this, you know, wild card race right now. I, yeah, I do I, think I, they'll make it. And I think the Padres and Mets are going to sell because the Padres are, Padres have been, I mean, they just lost two, two out of three to, a, a, what was it, Pittsburgh? Bad team. And the Mets are just, Mets aren't coming back this year. They're going to sell. All right, so that, so that brings us to the trade deadline. So the 31st, I guess, Monday is the trade deadline. So you got you got to the uh, Friday. Also another important date in the yeah. history of the world, July 31st. My birthday is always on the trade deadline. <laughs> it's the day that God put Meeker on the earth. <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad, but yeah. that's the day. Uh, well, I, won't, I won't say the line that I'm thinking of, but uh, <laughs> watch, watch, uh, ba- uh, what was the movie? We'll build a butcher. Gangs in New York. It, how New York was created. That's that's how Meeker was created. <laughs> uh, all right, so the trade deadline. So what are the Phillies? We talked about it, I guess, two weeks ago. Some moves have happened. So some guys are off the table. Some more rumors are are out there. Um, you know, where – we kind of figured they they probably need an outfielder at this point, right? I like you said, first base. I don't see them going after a first baseman because I think um, no. uh, Thompson said the likelihood of, of Harper playing the outfield. He didn't really need to say it, but isn't unlikely. So he's playing first base, and you don't want to move him back. I mean, he's gonna whatever rotation they put him on, but he's playing first base. So they need an outfielder, and they need a starting pitcher. So they're gonna, it sounds like they're trying to. I mean, you can't count on it, but they're trying to going to get him 
some outfield reps before the season ends, they said. They want to play. Him I, the I heard Thompson interviewed yesterday, and he said it's unlikely that he'll play the outfield. There's a year. clear there's a clear team out there, and I, I gave Meeker a homework assignment before this podcast. I want Meeker to identify the team, and then we can talk about the players that they should be trading for. Who is it, Meeker? I, I didn't. I didn't say I, I was not identifying a team. I mean, so, I was identifying players that I thought totally, would make sense. You went to school with Meeker in his life. Is this normal for his, you gave him homework? Uh, he, he would he, have a lot of the, back talk to teachers <laughs> and a lot of coming up with excuses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But in the end, always had the A's. Um, look, I I mean, I've, I read all the rumors, and I think your best bet. If you can pull it off, is to get Cease only because wrong. <laughs> I don't care what you say is wrong. He's your best bet, like if for the fact that you're not going to sign Aaron Nola. So if you can get a guy like that and you can get him under control and sign him long term, if he comes here, he gets excited, he wants to play here. I mean, that's the guy. But I mean, from the if, if you're talking about outfield, I guess Tiasca Hernandez is probably your best bet. Wrong. There. Now I don't I don't disagree with. What you're saying about the replacement of Nola, but there's there's a clear team out there that I think that they could go right to and get exactly what they need for this season. And for me, that's the Cardinals because they could go get Jordan Montgomery and replace Suarez as your lefty because he's been awful and I don't know what's going on with him. And Tyler O'Neill, who's a two-time Gold Glove winning left fielder, right-handed hitter, who's going to bring power. Healthy. Can't say I don't care. You're only you're trading for him for the rest of this year. Now he's up for a con. Both of these guys are up for a contract. So maybe you give him a, like a, a little two year deal or something after this. And if the guy could stay healthy, now you got your first baseman in Harper. Okay, and now you're solidifying the outfield defense because he's better to, in the outfield than Harper is, and Harper's better at first base than Hoskins is. So now you're solidifying the defense. You're adding pop to the lineup. You're getting Montgomery, who's a solid number three starter, good left-handed starter. I don't think he's a replacement for Nola. So in that sense, and I understand your point there, but I, it's, that's not going to do it. But for this year, I think that's the move. Well, so that's, 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 a, that's a move that might not cost you a whole lot. Right. If you yeah, want to make so that would move. It, so, Okay, so what do you want to do? I mean, I know you said earlier, but it's so you're looking for more of a splat, a, a block wise, or is this another uh, six no, uh, coach hire? Trying, need, it doesn't wow you. You need to you need to be wowed by the by the <laughs> like. Uh, no, I, I just think that <laughs> if if the White Sox are willing to talk about Cease, then I then you have to you definitely have to knock on that door because he's a young kid. He's had two great years in a row. This year, he's not been. Awesome, but there he's playing on a god awful team, and he's your replacement for Nola, and he's not going to cost you twenty five million dollars a year. Yeah, but so, what's he I mean, cost Mick, him players. Mick Abel's gone in that trade. That's for sure. Yeah, well, you would have to trade he's Abel gone. in that trade. I don't know how much more you need to trade other than him. Oh, but more. You you're you're going to have to give up a lot more than the deal that Jason's talking about. Maybe for this year, and you're trying to get two guys in the trade. Um, that might because not you be didn't, so bad. You didn't improve your outfield. Right. You can go you somewhere else you and try to You can't go with Johan Rojas in your outfield. For another week, that's fine. After that, you need – come on, man. And Nick There's and a, uh, Jack, Jake Cave, whatever his name is, come on. No, Help. I get it, but, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I – what's more important? Okay, you know, getting another bat in the lineup. But this guy that you're talking about is constantly hurt. And if you make a trade for him and he gets hurt again – then you're back to the same situation you have in the outfield right now. Yeah, but you can't you you, you can't look at it that way. You're you're trading for a couple months, and you you could get a guy that could solidify your lineup and your outfield for cheap. I'd have to look at it. I know that he's been on DL at least two thirds uh, yeah, of the season. I, I understand, but he's back now and he's playing and he's playing well and he's, yeah, he's a only played gold twenty seven games this year. Yeah, I, that, I worry about that. I oh, mean, no. if you want no, to no, just no. go out and get a bat, but you're not giving only, anything up. My my set my my sentiment is: if you want to go out and get a bat only, and you don't want to try and make a package deal and try and get Montgomery too, six games. I wouldn't choose. Yeah, he's been O'Neal. hurt most of the year. 
I would I would probably go after a guy like Hernandez. That would be my choice if you just want to get the bat. He, if you want to try terrible. to do a package defensively. Deal that's not helping you defensively. No, it's helping you offensively, but it's not. Well, you need help both. Oh, he's better in Schwarber in the outfield. Let's put it that way. Wow, well, yeah, I mean, not much. I mean, he's not a good defensive player at all, Teoscar Hernandez. But I, I, I put a tackling know. dummy in the outfield and get right. the same production. <laughs> An orange cone sure. with a, a glove attached to the top. That's better. <laughs> Chalky, you want to chime in here? Are you still dying on the Otani mountain that seemed to have crumbled <laughs> over the last few days? Nah, it was it was a done deal. But you know, hey, things change. Whatever. Um, Chuck Klein was the key to that trade. He was being dead for seventy five years or whatever. Uh, I, I guess I'm different because I kind of I would like to see them think big, and what's big? Well, you know, Harper playing first kind of takes us out of play. But if, if people are calling on Arenado, he would have been a great fit. He's got defense, he's got bat, but that's assuming Bohm plays first. And if Harper's going to be there, then you got no place for Bohm if you unless you're sending Bohm in an Arenado trade. Um, uh, Soto, I don't know. I mean, it's probably crazy, but if if, if San Diego's looking to deal, man, look, I, to me, nobody's untouchable. I'm sorry. You, you, this team, you want to, you, you you can't give up everything, but at the same time, this team is built to win in the next two, three years. Andrew Painter is not going to contribute on this team until 25 or 26, if you're lucky. If you can get a big name as a part of a deal, and if it demands that Painter is in there, I don't think you can say he's not. Yeah, on but the does team. Painter lose some of his luster now? I mean, he might. Yeah, he might. Right? I think, I, I, I think when you look at it, he's not going to contribute to you for a couple of years. Like he was looked at as no, a cheap. But I'm saying, I'm saying for teams that would want him, you want a guy that's going to have not only had Tommy John, he had to have like his owner. Ver, no, but if, if you have a team that's not looking to, that doesn't expect to be any good for the next two or three years. Yeah. They'll take a shot on a guy like that. That's supposed to be really, you know, look, these guys that have yeah, Tommy but they can get, value wise, they can get somebody to train them with another team and get somebody that's not taking a well, shot. I, is, is it going to be the best deal that's out there? Maybe not, which is what we talk about all the time, such with the Sixers. Like, sure. I like to trade, you know, Harris for this guy and that guy, but he's never going to be the best offer for any of those players. All I'm saying is to say that if, if they were or if we're thinking that Painter should be untouchable, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think if he can be used to get a bigger name in here that can put this team over the top and hopefully – now, I wouldn't trade him for a rental. So if you could get – I don't know if Cease is the guy, but if you get a, a pitcher that's got two years on it because you're expecting to lose Nola as part of a big deal, <laughs> I, I think you have to think about including Painter in that. Um, but I just think if you're trading Painter now – you're, the other team's going to come back to you and say, okay, well, yeah, you're giving us Painter, who's coming off Tommy John. His value is now an eight instead of a right. nine and a half. It's going to cost he, – his- It's going to cost you more than that. You're not going to get Soto for Painter. You're going to have to throw something else in there. So what's the cost of the rest of the deal, right? I get that. Um, but, I mean, like, you know, these other guys – I mean, last year they made a couple tweaks and they were all right. But – like, you know, some of the guys we mentioned, it doesn't do anything for me as far as, like, is it going to put the team over the top? You got to get lucky again. Make a splash. That's kind of the way I would I would try to go about it. But Yeah, I just don't know if your splash is, is within this. You might have been I, more prone for those UFO I mean, I, hearings that they just had than, than our podcast because I don't know I look if at 2008 reality. Like- what well, splash I, but, did they but, make? I'm just saying, try. You're going to say, oh, we can't trade this guy. Why Why should anybody be untradeable if there's good players that are potentially. Out? I don't think anybody said you can't trade this guy or that guy. I, I think. Well, I mean, they were saying last year all these guys were untouchable. So, yeah, you know. But they say that stuff because it adds value. You know, they're just, it's posturing for other people. Yeah. If they could have put a deal for Castillo. They could have. They could have. If they wanted to put their best players out there, they could have beat what the Mariners gave up for him, and he's doing pretty well over there. So he would be a great arm to have in the rotation. Jason loved that idea last year, and they they didn't pull it off. But they could have gotten it. They could have made a better offer than Seattle did, but they chose not to. Like if there's uh, a really good player out there. Like don't get here. Uh, assuming I'm, assuming that San Diego is going to even talk about or think about trading Soto in and of itself is where you start and i don't know that they're even thinking about that because even if they're even if they're not going anywhere this year they don't want to not have him next year i'm looking at the latest and this was published after we started and padres are not committing but haters snell and soto are all on the table for discussion all right i'll go after snell yeah i'm more i'm more along the lines of uh, dylan cease 
uh, Dennis Soto because she's now you're replacing Nola, like Meeker said. Because no, I don't think they're signing Nola, and now you're going to need another number two starter. So I, I, Soto, I would do. I, I would I would make him a priority over Soto. Yeah, but to me that's a splash. That's a he's a you know we we finished with second in the Cy Young last year. You have to see what it costs, but that's a that's a big move. That's not bringing Cindergard in like last year. But two th- I look at two thousand eight. What they didn't make a splash then. They brought in Joe no. Blanton. They brought in Matt Stairs. They brought in uh, Jeff. No, Jones. but I they probably had more of a complete lineup at that point. Not a pitching staff. The pitching no, staff not was. pitching. No, they got very fortunate with their pitching. No. Well, Blanton. I mean, they brought Blanton. In yeah, that's not a splash. That's a splash. It wasn't a splash, but what he produced for them well, uh, was, was huge. Huge point. Yeah. Well, yeah. But no. but you you know you had you had Hamels who was anchoring the rotation down that year like Nola and Wheeler have been up and down all year like are you going to be able to count on either of them come playoff time I certainly hope so I wish we can but yeah I yeah. think the guys they have have to get better as well right like, absolutely has to pitch better no he question has to Suarez like like you said what's going on with Suarez I mean he has to pitch I mean, better. Going back to 2008, Brett Myers got sent down to the minors in the middle of the season. He came back up, and he pitched really, really well for the second half of the year and in the playoffs when he came back up. He got better, so they didn't make that move or need to make that move. But, you know, I, I can I remember having the conversation I, I, of Ryder Sabathia got traded to Milwaukee, and I think it was me, Jason, and Tommy going to Monmouth Park, or some, and we were like, they missed a big opportunity there. And obviously, you know, they still won without him, but – at that time, we we thought that big arm was something they needed as well, and you know Victorino took him out that year. But see, my I think of it is now if you look at every team in baseball, there's only one team right now that could say we don't have to worry about a three game series, right? And that's the Braves. So that means every other team in baseball needs a solid one, two, three to get through that first round, that first game, you know, because. Uh, you know, if you finished as a third division winner or one of the wild cards, you got a three game series coming up. So, like, are you guys are you guys okay with Wheeler? Nola, obviously, they're not pitching great, but come on, they're they're good pitchers. Are you okay with who you're putting as that third pitcher right now and in, in that rotation? Well, I'm not. I'm hoping they win they the first two like they did last year. If and Suarez pitches how he could, yes, but what it does is getting a solidifying another pitcher gives you insurance against the Nola not performing or a Suarez not performing. It gives you that flexibility. Okay. They were Plus they were two move. outs away from having to play a third game potentially because they were down what two nothing in the ninth inning of the first game, and then things went crazy. You know, that's why like you know I, I'm you get the preliminary on what you would give up for Cease, but I would be willing to go pretty high on that because I think he he would be a bigger help than or, uh, the bats that are likely to go be available. That, it also that seems have. like, I mean, last year, I guess not so much, but Dombrowski is a, he makes a move kind of guy. I oh, mean, he's doing something. Right. You could yeah. bet both of your, you know, and it doesn't sound like he's a guy that would do a Montgomery and an O'Neill. He's a guy that would do more of a, I mean, maybe not Soto, but like a Soto type of guy or something. Um, but again, he can only do it within the parameters that's available too. Yeah. I just think a Soto guy is more like an off season. No, and I was just like using. I'm now. saying like a guy, a big, a big, yeah. a big name. But again, I mean, Mika's made the point many times that those guys are harder to get because teams are competing. So, what team's going to give up besides the Cardinals, who you know, an Arenado or, or Mets, Padres, Cardinals? I mean, yeah, I mean that's it. Say, like, if, if Verlander and Scherzer go on the market, too. then a guy like Cease might not be the top priority for some teams, even though he's younger and it's got more controllable years. So, well, let me let me say this: two things. So, you. You think Suarez would be the third? I actually think Walker would be the third guy right now. I think so. But and, and and you can look this up because I heard it and I was extremely surprised the other day. He is second in baseball, not in wins, but the team's record when he starts. He's got there's Garrett Cole, I think, is number one in baseball, and Taiwan Walker is second in baseball. The Phillies wins have won sixteen <laughs> games in his starts. Well, he keeps. So, I mean, game. I mean, he's generally keeping them in games. They're right so there I, to win. It's but. amazing because he pitches the, to contact, and like he gets balls hit hard. Oh, uh, he also gets guys. himself in some trouble. But yeah, he's definitely yeah, gotten lucky. He's definitely gotten lucky. I think. The, the Scherzer situation is a little weird because of the fact that he can opt into his contract next year, which pays him $47 million or something like that. 
So depending on who's going to trade for Scherzer, if they're going to trade the better prospect, the Mets may eat some of that money. But if they're not going to give him a whole lot, then they want him. To, they want the team to eat his contract because he's going to opt in. There's no doubt he's going to go free agent again. I, I don't want so, him. I don't want Max Scherzer. No, I, don't I think him. he's done. I don't want him. I don't know that he's done. I mean, not I think done, but he's, he's he's on the downside. Big time. But he's not he's not the kind of guy I think that would be uh, fit for the Phillies given their situation in the future. Um, maybe you know, and Chalky, to your point, would that be a splash because he's Max Scherzer because he's a name? That would be a splash, but it wouldn't be a good deal for the Phillies. To no, make. I, and I and and the Mets just even though they're out of it, I don't think that they're going to sell. I think selling. that I don't uh, who. Who are they going to sell? I mean, you're going to try Scherzer or Verlander? Those are really the two guys they can sell. I mean, a lot of their other, you know, we're going to sell Alonzo. No, you're not going to sell your no. younger, better players. And so, as far as veterans on bigger contracts, those are the two guys. And Robertson. Yeah, Robertson. Robert, Robertson could be a piece. I, I, we, I can do it out him for a third time. Yeah, I don't want him back. Um, it, but Scherzer would be a splash and make a headline as a as an actual impact. No, I don't think so. I mean, he's been shot the last two years by the end of the year. So I yeah, don't playoffs. Unless you're, you're going to sit him for two months and then bring him in the playoffs. I, I don't know that I want. Well, any team that trades for him is going to have to trade what the Mets would value as a top end prospect for a guy yeah. that you're going to have to pay pay sixty million dollars to over the next. I, I don't see the value years. in that for the Phillies making an in division deal for that kind of price. No, nope. I don't think it's going to happen either. I'm not sure if he's going to get traded because of that reason. All right. Good discussion. Anything before we close out the uh, baseball segment, move on to Saratoga? I think we covered uh, it. Go well, ahead. I mean, one, one name we didn't really talk about with the pitching is Stroman. So, I mean, how high are some of, the, some of you guys that's looking a, on Stroman? That's another team because you have Bellinger and Stroman you could go get, right? And now you could. Well, that's a better two for sure. But you're going to give up a lot more. Yeah. Or you're willing to give up a lot more to get those two guys on the team. And, you know, Stroman's going to be a free agent, but he's a guy you might be able to sign for a couple years. Yeah. Bellinger, I guess the reason why now they're moving on from that is the whole, okay, well, Harper's going to play first base every day. Bellinger's another left-handed bat. We would rather have a right-handed bat. Yeah, I think they'd rather have a right-handed bat. But Bellinger kills lefties, though, so it's not like – yeah, it's not it's it's not a weakness in the lineup where now with lefty on lefty matchups a problem because you don't have enough right handed bats. He's really good against lefties, but and he's got Gold Glove outfield and infield defense. Yeah, but, but the pitcher, I mean, in the pitcher in a deal like that, there's no doubt I'd rather have Stroman than any of these. And guys Stroman's a guy that could replace Nola. How? What's his situation contract wise? He's done. He's a free agent next year. Well, the, well, then then you really you really can't count on that then. I mean, what sees, you, mean you can count? count on more. You can't. Yeah, well, he's well, done. Well, he's a free agent. Risk. Like I don't he's know if you're going to be able to talk an extension now for a guy you just trade for on on the rules on baseball. Probably not, but um, that's where it gets a little. Yeah, there's, there's, there's you got to no start right away when you bring him in. Like, okay, we're, we want we but, want you to be around, and you, you do whatever you can. But hold on a second. Like he's coming to a perennial contender who has an open uh, pocketbook wallet, whatever you want to say. Like, they spend the Phillies. So why wouldn't he? Like, they trade for him. They'll sign him if they want to sign if him. If they want to sign Yeah, that's, it just right. depends if the Phillies want to sign him. They'll right. sign him. I don't think Stroman would go and take another deal. If yeah. the Phillies want him, they're going to pay him and they're going to sign him. Well, it gives you more of an opportunity, but there's no guarantee it's going to happen. That's why right. I'd rather trade for a guy like Cease. But, but you're going to give uh, up infinitely more. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, but you might have that guy on your staff for the next six years. They're not going to get any of these guys. We're just wasting our time at this point. I, I think it's more <laughs> likely what I originally opened up with, and that it's going to break your heart, Jim, because the Cardinals, that Cardinals. That's not breaking my heart. I think I think they should be shooting higher. Last year they didn't really shoot higher. I think this year they need to be trying. No, I think he was meaning because that was one of your drafts. Your Cardinals was one of your keys yeah. to your draft. Oh, the, yeah. Your, your they're, only down, they're only down five now. <laughs> they're not out it of was the, the conviction. It was the conviction that you Drafted them, and the, I guess how early you drafted them. No, they, yeah. they're, 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 a, they're a closer. They're coming. From I, I I was I had my phone, and when you drafted them, I thought there was a smudge because the record was so bad. So I like literally start cleaning my phone because I was like, wait, that can't be the record that he just drafted. It's a value them. pick. 
<laughs> no, but yeah. I mean, seriously, though, no, I think that that is a more likely trade to me because it's two guys that are contracts are up. You know, it's not, it's not, you're not, you know, making a huge splash, but they're two guys that could help. They're Joe Blanton and, you know, Matt whoever, Jeff Jenkins. Fatacucci. Right. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, we will say goodbye to Meeker. We'll see All right, you next guys, week. Have a good well, one. we need we need a Meeker Saratoga segment one of these weeks. I think like you got it. You got to contribute. We need horse picks from you. One of these weeks, you got it. You got it. You got to agree to give us horse picks one week. How Come many on. more weeks are left? He has to give his top choice. Whether it's the, the best name, we got oh, five weekends only, after this. Yeah, there's five is, more Saratoga. Is that it? Only five? Five more weeks? Wow. This is week three, right? Week three, yeah. Week three of eight. Does Jimmy D stay down there the whole time? Well, he's not down there right now, so. Well, yeah, yeah most of the meat. I would say 90, 90%. Yeah, down. most of the meat, yeah. He's, yeah. All right. Yeah. Enjoy, fellas. All right. All right, Meeker. All right. Have, have fun playing your game or whatever it is. Pakduku. Pakduku. It's cool. <laughs> All right, let's move to Saratoga, uh, weekend number three. So we're going to talk about the pick five since it does start with a grade one. Um, a little caveat, which unfortunately we have to probably – we mention this almost every weekend. The weather is possibly a concern on Saturday. Uh, right now the forecast shows it as a pretty much washout, but – the weather in Saratoga is unpredictable. So we will handicap these races as if they are on the dirt, a fast track, on the turf. You know, we can't only do what we can do. We can't. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, last week, we were riddled with scratches from a lot of our picks. So it's always tough when you do it this. Well, even if you did it the night before, you don't know what's going to happen um, with scratches. So, again, a lot of our picks are dependent on pace scenarios and when certain horses scratch, that alters races. So keep that in mind. But this this helps give just a little bit of an idea, and we do talk about a lot of the horses. So let's let's kick it off. Um, it starts at four twenty six. It's the pick five race eight, the Grade One Alfred Vanderbilt handicap. I will go to Jimmy the Chalk, who's live in Saratoga, maybe getting a first hand perspective, maybe seeing some of these horses crossing the street when he drove interviewing up trainers, maybe. I, I, I saw I saw one info. of them walking down the street earlier, but I hope they're not running in any of the races this weekend because that means he, they were out on the loose. Uh he did and, get uh, Popeye's chicken on his way up, so he probably ate some of the horses that we talked about in some of the I previous sure. segments. I did I did, so. I did have I did have a horse a horse <laughs> van with a horse's ass in my face the man. fifteen minutes Back on the, the Jersey Turnpike earlier, so um, uh, so the grade one Vanderbilt, um, Chalky, yeah. go ahead. So I really wanted to go with Gunnut as a horse for a course. He's got better speed figures, but elite power is, has been just so visually impressive in all his races and he's beaten Gunnut recently. So I'm not going to get clever. So elite power, the four would be my top pick in here. All right, Jason, your top pick. Yeah. I mean, I, Obviously, it's a two-horse race, right? It's between well, four Leap I mean, five Gunite. Linda Rice has claimed the one gun in. Well, listen, I'm she, not since I'm she not claimed done. them. I'm, I'm going to have something to say about Linda Rice, but um, I, I I do think Gunite has a slight advantage being drawn outside of Elite Power, but I just think Elite Power is just slightly better um, horse. But I am going to try to beat Gunite for second, and I'm going to use the one. Gun it, the Linda Rice horse. Um, just think he's going to – there's some speed in the race. I think he'll kind of sit back and maybe, he, you know, if Elite Power and and Gunite are going at it, maybe Gunite drops back and Gunite sneaks up and gets by him for, for the exacted. But um, I'm like Chalky. I th- I'm going to go with the four Elite Power, my top pick. Yeah, I, I, I mean – Elite Power really doesn't run on the lead, though. I know you said if they go at it, but most of his races, he's coming from yeah. from behind. So I think, gu- yeah, I'm sorry. I, I think they both run a similar similar style, Gnoit and Elite Power. So I think, like, if they're maybe bad on at some point, then maybe maybe Gunnett comes comes and passes one of them and gets in the second. But, but yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, all right. So, I mean, Gunnett, I think, is, has a little more early speed now. The six and the seven should be kind of kicking it for for the lead. 
Um, the three has ridiculous speed, but obviously is is a pig, so could show cheap speed. So there should be a good good amount of pace. So it should be a horse that's going to come from behind, and who has the best closing kick? And you know, I again, like Jimmy said, Gunite has some better speed figures from here and there, but I, I don't mean elite pa- power has just visually been so so uh, elite has Irad. So you're going to get that that big jockey. Uh, advantage with I read over Gaffleon. So I'll go with Elite Power as well. Um I mean similar to Jason, if you want to try to beat Gunite, you, I feel like you definitely can with Gun It. Outside of that, I don't really see anybody else. Um so those three should should figure it in the trifecta. Um but again I you would have to look at problems to see if there's v- even value. I mean I read and Jose might get might also get bad in the exactas, but Elite Power for me as well, so nothing clever. Chalky, anything to add before we move on? Uh, I mean, like, you know, you guys talk about the one. I mean, it's almost silly to leave Linda Rice out of anything nowadays, the way her horses are running. So the one and, and maybe the six as like a second place in a trifecta if you if you don't want to use Gun It there, or Gun It, I should say. Um, but it's hard to get too clever. Yeah, somebody tweeted that, like, Linda Rice, her last – 10 claiming horses that won it have been like would have been other trainers like claims of a lifetime she bought them cheap and they've won i mean one of the horses she's got for like 40 and they already in three races they won like 300k or something like that i mean it's just absolutely insane at this point um all right move on to race nine this is a turf race uh allowance so this would be one that would definitely um could suffer from the uh the rain could get a good surface, a yielding surface, or it could be totally off the turf, depending on the timing of the rain, how much rain. So we'll cap it for a turf, but keep that in mind. Jason, I'll start with you. Race nine, it's a uh, mile on the turf allowance race, first level allowance. Yeah, and, and, and it's a shame if this race does come off because this is a, a heck of a race. Um, it's a tough race. I think there's literally like five or six horses who could, who could win this race, but... Uh, I'm going to give a slight edge to the 10, get your kicks. Um, I love Pratt on turf, and, you know, I'll give him the slight edge. And, and mostly because the two other main contenders, I thought, were the 5 and the 6, both Ortiz horses, seemed like second. Um, so uh, I'm going to go with, with the 10, um, get your kicks. But, again, that's just – Slightly my top pick. I, I'm going to spread like crazy in this race. Yeah, I uh, I had the same top pick as well. I was a little, I mean, I maybe post position or and jockey, but the five being seven to two and the ten being six to one, I thought was a little odd because to me the ten looks like the better horse of the two. Yeah. Um, but again, maybe the IRAD factor and the better post. Um, but I I thought the ten had a little more tactical speed. I know that outside post isn't great. However, there's not a ton of speed, you know, so if, if the six goes out, the two goes out, I don't see the 10 having too much of a problem uh, kind of getting over or, yeah, the 10 getting over into a, a nice spot along the rail, um, sitting kind of tactical and taking over and just holding off maybe the likes of a four or five or a five or a six or, I mean, a five or a nine, I guess would be another one of the closers. So I was 10 top pick as well, Chalky. I was hoping to get this one first because I knew Jason was going to 10, but I didn't know that you would be as well. But my topic is the 10, get your kicks. The other chat, if you go by the morning lines. Um, I, you know, for a lot of th- reasons, what you guys said, you know, he's cutting back to a two-turn mile, which is where he broke his maiden in his uh, second to last out. Um, you got Pratt, and I just, if he's going to be a, a, I think he's comparable to the five, and if he's going to be a bigger price, I'd rather have him at a bigger price than, uh, than the five. Yeah, um, Jason. I know you alluded to saying you're going to use a few others in here. Any mm-hmm. anyone in particular? Well, like I said, the two Ortiz horses you have to use, even though they they do like second. I mean, that's maybe that's a trifecta bet or exacta bet. Like keying those two guys second to five, uh, who is expand the map, and then the six uh, diamond hands. Um, I'm also going to use the eight uh, candle, the sugar horse. And then the 11, who is uh, Spongy. Spungle, the Spungle. Alvarado and Mott. Spongle. Spongy. Spongy or Spongy? Spongy, yeah. Spongy, I Spongy. guess it is. Yeah, Spongy was a horse I remember liking last year at Saratoga, who was the favorite 
and ran third. I, I can visually remember sitting on my couch for that race watching it. It's, this is a great race. I really hope. Yeah, it's- I mean the four, the four. There's you know coming off a of maiden win. Grand I just don't like Franco's. Just been terrible. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize he was that bad. Oh, he's just been, and he even was riding. He had a couple bad rides today. He's. That's why I didn't. I didn't. Use yeah. It. Yeah. This is. Uh, I mean, this is a tough race, and also. Um, one that like the odds can you, you like we're saying the ten but the ten could easily go off at morning line of six to one. I mean, yeah, you know, a couple of the, the favorite might go off at three to one. Um, so yeah, definitely a tough race. Chalky, did you have anything to add along with your top pick? Uh, I mean, I, I got the five, six, and eleven in the mix as well. A longer price. Um, I was looking at the two. You got to have fun. It's uh, burst for Maker. Maker had a slow start. But as of printing of the of these past performances, he got his first race. He won at least one on the card today, so he might be catching, getting a little hot. Um, so I thought at fifteen to one, uh, maybe take a shot with the two, throw him in there as a longer price. And even three isn't impossible. I mean, it's Brandon Welsh. Brandon Brandon Welsh Walsh has been doing well too. Um, so far with his horse, uh, he had at least a win today, and he's yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think I like them later in the card too. If I if, when we get to it, yeah. yeah. And the, um, the other thing I'd say too, if it does come off, I mean, if all these MTOs get in, like any one of those could win. So I just like three, four, or five. I remember that. You know, we're not looking at now, but it, it's not a single if it goes off the turf either. If these, if all these horses get in, yeah. yeah I mean, the one could be tough. You know, with Rudy Rod and Chad um, and Speed, but. Is that, yeah, that's that same race. So, yeah, so then you got to yeah. get into that one if the 15 gets in. and Yeah, it's hard. You know, who, who knows? Who knows? But um, all right, let's move on. So, the feature of the Saratoga Saturday is the race 10, Mama Jim Dandy. It's a grade two. My has this race really fallen from, from favor. It's run close to the Haskell nowadays, I think. I don't think it was always run as close to the Haskell. Um, I don't know. It just does not bring big fields any longer. It used to be the big prep race, I guess, for the Travers, and it doesn't seem like it really is any longer. Um, you do have the Kentucky Derby favorite who scratched before the Derby running uh, in this race. You had the Belmont Stakes favorite who did not win in this race in the same horse. Um, and you have a couple rising stars and a couple other ones that you're familiar with. Um, you, have, you have the actual Derby favorite. Who was the Derby favorite? Angel of Empire was the dirt was yeah, the favorite. True. Oh wow! Yeah, so so yeah, it's a, I mean it, you know at least it has some nice horses in it. Um, so I'll, I'll go first. Um, I, I mean, as much as I wanted to go against Fort, I, I just can't. I, I don't know if Saudi Crown can get the distance when that's the speed of the uh, the race going to set the pace. Brad Cox does have three horses in here, so who knows what kind of shenanigans. I mean, I just thought Fort was the best three-year-old in training, you know, has has sat, been sidelined. Um, asking the horse to go a mile and a half off a 10-week layoff, I think was just a little too much in the Belmont. She, he took a little bit while, but once he started motoring in the Belmont, he came flying home. Um, you know, is he going to get a pace? That's going to be the question. I mean, again, Saudi Crown's probably not going to go super fast. I don't know how how much distance that horse can get. Adding Blinkers is curious. Obviously, they want to keep him a little bit closer, but I'll ultimately go with Fort, um, the chalk in this race. Chalky? Yeah, the, the lack of pace concerned me, and obviously that would favor Saudi Crown. I also had questions about the distance. Like, he's never gone two turns, so I wasn't going to go there. Um, but I'm actually going to go – with the one disarm and he's a horse that, you know, he hasn't won these big races, although he won a grade three last time out. He ran, ran well in the Derby, not great. You know, ran okay in some of these other races, but you know, from a speed figure perspective, he's been improving each race and he, he might get first jump or stay lie close enough to the leaders to get first run. Ford is the most talented of this group. And, you know, I took angel of empire in the Derby and the Belmont. I'm not on him this particular day, but Ford, you know, you t- you said it took him a while to get going in the Belmont, and and he was off for a while. It took him a while to get going that Florida Derby too, when he was eventually able to get get Mage. 
I think it's a dangerous formula if he's got to do that again. So with Disarm getting first jump potentially on the leader, I'm going to make Disarm my top pick. Yeah, I know Disarm did improve in the Derby biography, but be a little leery of that Matt Wynn, the 102, in the slop. I mean, the horse has a 463 Tomlinson which is one of the highest Tomlinson's you can, you can get. I mean, if, it, so, if, it's, if it's slop on Saturday. But, yeah, well that, I mean, that could factor in, of course. Uh, Jason? Yeah, I, you know, like you guys said, I mean, Charlie Crown really has a, has a pace advantage here. Um, two, you know, Pletcher's ad and Blinkers, you would think it's because he wants Forte to be more prominent. He wants to be involved yeah. early. More, not necessarily yeah. on the lead, but just more yeah. focused early, yeah. I think. So I mean I think you know I'm going with Forte or Fort whatever his name is you know if he if he sits off and he's just the, the best horse so and you know if he takes the blinkers and sits off I think he'll go by and win he'll be my top pick but I'm also um, I'm going to use Hit Show too because I think Hit Show also won't be too far off and if Fort isn't you know if his running style if he doesn't take to this new running style which I think he's going to try here. I think Hitchell could go by and win. I, I'm I'm not on this arm. I I just think he'll be too far back unless it's really slopped and he could win. And I'm definitely not on Angel Empire. So I'll be mostly on Fort. But then I'm I think Hitchell's got a shot. Yeah, that was a horse we all picked in the Belmont. We yeah. all liked um, switching the Sayas is huge off for of Franco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cox and Sayas has had a lot of success. Yeah, I mean that's a horse that's going to be formally placed as well. Uh, could get that first jump. So 100 percent agree with that. All right, let's move on to race 11. Uh, We're now looking at 619. It's a a five-and-a-half turf state-bred allowance race. That is not going to be an easy race, I wouldn't think. But uh, we'll let Chalky go first. Um, uh, Top choice here was a little bit of a price. Um, Six, Saratoga Chrome. Um, Second race with Hiles, Scott Santana coming on. Adam Blinkers, uh, he's got some, you know, Hiles has some good numbers with that. And um, the race, he's, uh, he's cutting back, um, which, you know, he hasn't run in, in sprints, but Hiles obviously trying something here. Um, you know, I mean, this is one of those, again, that could be wide open. So I was looking to get a little bit of a price here. So I was taking the six on top. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you just look at the DRF stats, his numbers with the cutbacks and turf sprints are all good. But he's not really a high-profile trainer. And I will say his one win here at Saratoga came in a three-horse off-the-turf race. So keep that. You know, that's just something to think about. Um, I don't know if he can win against some of these big boys in in a full field, but we shall see. Uh, Jason? Yeah, like you guys said, this is another good race that hopefully stays on the turf. Um for me, it's it's going to be between the seven carry and the eight busy morning. I'll give the slight edge to the eight busy morning, and Chalky will make fun of me because it's Pratt. But um, Pratt and the other uh, one was Sayas. Both of my job. My one's going to make fun. Like like yeah. like Tommy wasn't going to say something either. But go yeah, ahead. I was good. But um, <laughs> you know, and I I you know I'm obviously using both of them when we when I put a bet in, but um, the seven. I'll just say when the seven ran at Saratoga, he didn't run well, so maybe he doesn't like Saratoga turf. I don't know. Um, so I'll just give the slight edge to the eight, but obviously I'm going to be going a lot deeper in multis in this race. Yeah, Joe Sharp, he's another one that kind of scares me a little bit. That's, he comes in with some of these nice horses at Saratoga, and he, he disappoints a lot, and then he'll win a race at like a price. Yeah, out of the blue. Yeah, so, um, it, I, you know, I – I had trouble finding like a lot of speed in this race. I know Kerry looks like had it the mile race, but I don't know it. It's not really a quick horse. Um, you know, to me, the nine is the only horse that's really going to just fire. And when the yeah. ho- when this horse has gotten the lead easily, and they let this horse go, it is Jose. He he doesn't turn around. Um, you know, he did it at Pimlico. He did it at Belmont. He did it in his in his uh, turf debut at Aqueduct. And I could see a situation where he's the same thing's happening, uh, where he's getting the lead, the lead again pretty easily, um, and he's not going to rein it back. I think he's going to let it out and be up two, three lengths and just play catch me if you can, especially the way Jose's riding these days, which is super aggressive, especially with the speed horses. So I was on the nine. Um, 
act of Congress. Again, the, the, the rain could factor in, the scratches could factor in, so we shall see. But, yeah, I was on the nine act of Congress. Chalky, did you have any other thoughts as we move around? Uh, nine would be my second choice. And then in multis, I would probably look to use one or both of the uh, donks, the three and the five uh, in some way. Jason? Uh, I would be four deep here, five, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't really care for the, the seven, but I did like Jason's eight. Um, so he would be definitely one that I would be using along with the um, the nine. The Saratoga Chrome was a horse I gave a look, but I, ultimately I think I, I decided to pass. Um, yeah, Irad, Irad and Donk is is a connection that doesn't that doesn't ride too often. So I mean, I thought the three was a little bit interesting with Irad. So a little spready there as well. Um, but I did like the nine, uh, pretty good amount. So. Or right. three is uh, three is Velasquez. Five is I right. Oh, did I say three? I'm sorry. Five, I meant fans, which is Donk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I meant. All right, I meant I didn't mean the five. If I said the yeah, five. yeah, yeah. Um. All right, let's go to the pay lay pay leg. It's race twelve mile and three eighths maiden special weight. Um, mile and a three eighth is always a race where I look. I kind of like, why did they write a mile three-eighth maiden special weight where it's almost like this This might be written for a particular horse, so then I start to look for who it could be possibly written for. So mm-hmm. um, just just a thought. And, uh, Jason, it's, you're up, so you're first here. Yeah, I, I, I this is my horse of the day. I mean, obviously I don't think it's a con- contest horse, but, again, I hope this stays on the turf because I'm single in the seven. <laughs> Uh, she's Mo Bubbly, something or other, right? Um, ran well at the distance already. The horse that she beat, or he beat, is she. I don't even know if these are guys or girls. I'm sorry. Female, female. Yeah, the horse that she beat, um, came back and won. Uh, the horse that beat her came back and won the next race. It's Irad. It's a, it's a jockey's race. It's probably written for this horse. And that is my single, the seven. Yeah, I was on the same horse as well um, for reasons why, and I kind of alluded to it when I was saying I look for horses that this is written for. Um, the horse ran a mile three-eighth at Belmont. It's Irad. It's Pletcher. You know, so who would – I mean, why would Saratoga and New York track write a race? It would be for a Chad Brown or a Todd Pletcher or somebody like that. Um, so the seven was the horse that I also was uh, as my top pick. Chalky? Yeah, the, the riding the race angle wasn't something I had looked at. I had the seven in the mix, but I, I went with the other Pletcher, the nine, Fizzy. Um, you know, didn't really run too much of anything last time out. Now Pletcher's bringing it back in a, in a mile and three-eighths race. Like, it's not a normal race. So for him to go from a, a one-turn mile Belmont to, this is what, three turns um, at Saratoga, like, seems like a jump. or a, It's not something he would just do just because he wanted to – throw the horse in like he's he seems to have reason for it and uh pletcher and, and crack connected a hefty 33 percent at saratoga so uh nine fizzy was my top pick all right jason i know you said that was a single for you so all right yeah the i actually the other horse i like was the brendan walsh horse which was the 10 um coming off of the church ran well at that funky churchill course you know tried to put him in a race on the turf at a mile and a quarter. So the horse clearly he wanted to get some distance into the horse. It did scratch off the turf that day. Um, he ran well, regardless. Uh, could have been because it's a mile and a quarter and the horse just wants to get distance. So at a mile and a three eighth, Walsh is training well. Uh, I'll go with the 10 as my other alternative to the seven. Chalky, bring us home. I mentioned the seven already. And then uh, the three, Clement. Rosario has been riding well recently. And, uh, Horse ran a mile and a quarter last time out, so distance he's been getting it in, but through um, the other horse I use there. All right. Well, Chalky, you'll have to give us a report next week on the how Saratoga was. I know you didn't make it to the track today, but you'll be there uh, tomorrow, so let us know. Hopefully the rains will hold off Saturday. Are we um, doing tickets? We're going to give a ticket out? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I You guys have tickets? Yeah, go for it. I always forget. Yeah, Go ahead, Jason. I have one. It's just a caveman ticket. It's going to be two singles. So I'm going to single uh, the four elite power, race eight. I'm going to go six deep in race nine, three, five, six, eight, ten, eleven. 
I am going to go too deep in the Jim Dandy. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to obviously use four, but I'm going to throw in Hit Show. Uh, four deep, race 11, 5, 7, 8, 9, and I am singling the seven horse in race 12. So for 50 cents, it's $24. All right, and Chalky, you're giving out one of your uh, expert cavemans with five by seven, but it's at 10 and 10 and five. Yeah. Well, how much was Jason's now? Uh, 24, 24 bucks. 24? It's, it's, 24, right, yeah. It was half of yours last week, just saying. It was, but mine my, my was the one had a chance to win the end, but still lost. Well, again, the horse is scratched, so let's, let's stop that yeah, now. No, 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 yeah. Uh, all right, so single of four, elite power, uh, five deep in the second leg, which will be two, five, six, ten, eleven. 10, uh, 11. Two deep in the gym, Danny, as well, but I'm one, two. Uh, in the 11th race, three, five, six, nine. And then Jason Singleton last, but I have three there, uh, three, seven, uh, and nine. And that's $60 for 50 cents. So, oh, you went more this week. <laughs> I see us busting chops to not deter the wallet for, for this. This is a reasonable ticket. <laughs> nah, I didn't say anything. I'm just stating facts here. Broad Street Hustle, episode 65 of Broad Street Hustle. We'll catch you next week where I'm sure we'll talk Phillies trade post-trade, um, and we are getting ever closer to the NFL season at the probably the end of August. We'll have our NFL preview show, which is um, always a great show. We'll probably have a slew of people on with for that one. Uh, so definitely smash that uh, like and subscribe button. Please catch us on uh, YouTube and all your platforms. Have a great night.